this picture, it to me, it fills me with joy. I just smile and laugh about it because it's like, you see, how often do you just walk past a bin and see two crutches sitting in it? Like I've never, I personally have never seen two crutches just like that sitting in a bin. But I love that picture because it's saying Jesus was here because when Jesus moves, people get free. When Jesus does something, there's a, there's, a, there's a sign, there's a symbol that Jesus has been here. And so for me, I just get, it stirs my faith. I go, you know what? I believe we've got to get a skit at the front of our church where we're just having four wheelchairs and stuff chucked in there. And people are like, what's that? Jesus was here. And so I, I, I want to I encourage you to stir your faith that Jesus is, was here. And so that's what we're going to be speaking about tonight. So we've all, um, um, now, quickly on and say this, I just want to honor our pastors, Pastor Robin Pauline. I believe we've got the best pastors ever. And I believe One Heart Church is the best church ever. And uh, people might go, oh, One Heart Church isn't the only church. Yes, we agree with that. But uh, people will often debate about what's the best Bible. Like, oh, it has to be the King James. It's the most accurate. But it, to me, I don't care what Bible you read. As long as you're reading your Bible, that's the best Bible. If you're in the Bible, if you're letting God speak to you, that's the best Bible. And so I believe the best church is a church you attend, the church you're serving in, the church you're committed to and connected to. That's the best church. And so not just connect like, oh, you can easily go to a service, but when you connect to a church and you, you invest into that, that's going to be the best church you've ever been to. And so that's why we've got the best pastors because they're connected in, where they invest into us. And, and so I encourage each one of you, if you don't have a relationship with our pastors, make time to see them and invest in and connect in, and they'll be the best pastors you ever had. Who agrees? So... Well, let's get to the Bible, eh? That's always a good thing. So Matthew uh, chapter 14, as we saw before, and verses 1, is it? Yep, verses 1 to 12. We ready? Be ready. When Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, heard about Jesus, he said to his advisors, this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. For Herod had arrested and imprisoned John as a favor to his wife, Herodias the former wife of Herod's brother, Philip. That's weird stuff. John had been telling um, Herod, it's against God's law for you to marry her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of a riot because all the people believed John was a prophet. But at a birthday party for Herod, Herodias' daughter performed a dance that greatly pleased him. So he promised with a vow to give her anything she wanted. Who wants that kind of a vow? You can get anything you want. I, I wouldn't mind that kind of a vow. At her mother's urging... This is the thing here. Don't let your mother be around you when you got a, you can choose anything you want in your life because they will, they, will, they will manipulate you. Do you want dinner tomorrow? Um, but <laughs> at her mother's urging, the girl said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a tray. Now, I wouldn't, wanna, I wouldn't pick that, but this is, we'll keep reading. Because of the, um, so the king regretted what he had said, but because of the vow he had made in front of his guests, he issued the necessary orders. So John was beheaded in the prison, and his head was brought on a tray and given to the girl, who took it to her mother. Later, John's disciples came for his body and buried it. Then he went and told Jesus what happened, what had happened. Mm. We're going to pray. So if you feel like you close your eyes, and we're just going to believe that God's going to speak to us tonight. Holy Spirit, we thank you right now that you're with us, that you, you, you're going to meet us where we're at. We just thank you, Jesus. You know our names, and you know what we need to hear. So we just believe that you can prophetically speak to each one of us, that we can leave this place better, we can leave this place full of faith, that we can say Jesus was here, and that we can see crutches going in bins. And everyone said, amen, amen. Who, who, who's loving this year the year of freedom? I, I've been loving it. I love that P Pastor Rob has heard from God and declared a year of freedom. And I love that line Pastor Rob even shared this morning about, um, about with the law, no, sorry, uh, with tithe was given to 
uh, Abraham, a man of faith, and then not the man Moses, a man of law. And so I just think that's so cool that we can have freedom. And so I'm just loving all the messages. And so with that, who's heard of the word for today's? I hope you have. Get it. Use that because it's a great tool. But the youth also have an equivalent from the same people called the Vision 180. And so this is just a quote, kind of a sort of a, a paragraph that I read one day. And I think it so lines up with our freedom stuff. And so it says this. So I think there'll be a little bit of on the screen for you. Uh, it says peer pressure. Everyone say, say peer pressure. Peer pressure. So yeah, in the Vision 90, it said this. Peer pressure. Others choose a brand name and we wear it. Drive it, quote it, or do it. Yep. And we pay extra for the privilege of losing our freedom. I'm going to read that one again. Yep, we pay extra for the privilege of losing our freedom. Sure, in some cases it's okay, but not when it comes to your life's direction. Jesus said, if the Son makes you free, then you are unquestionably free. That was in John 8, 36 AMP, so the Amplified Bible. That means you're, you're free from the pressures others try to put on you, free to be the person God called you to be, free to look to Him for answers instead of looking to other people. Mm, very good. And then if we just go back to Matthew 14, 9, it said this. Then the king regretted what he had said because of the vow he had made in front of his guests. He issued the necessary orders. Now, I think that, that those two there link up very good. Peer pressure and that king made an issue, issued an order because of the people he was with. And so I was reading this in just my devotion the other day, and God's clearly just spoke to me. And I know it's God because I d- couldn't think of this. And it got, it's what God told, told me. And get ready to repeat this. Accountability decides credibility. Repeat that. Accountability decides credibility. Again, accountability decides credibility. So your accountability decides your credibility. Who you're accountable to will decide what your credibility is going to be like. And so your credibility, or we could flip it, your credibility is decided or determined by your accountability. And so who you hang with will decide what your character is going to be like. And so accountability, we're going to look at those two things, but accountability is pretty much the influencing people in your life. Would agree with that. Who are you accountable with the people that you connect to in life? And so people, it's like liability. Who are you liable to? Um, answerability. Who, who, who do you get your, your respect from? Those kind of things. And the people that you want to please. That's ultimately what your accountability is, the people that you want to please in your life. And so the Bible is so clear on what it talks about with accountability. Here we'll see some Bible verses about what the Bible says about accountability. So they'll go on the screen, but you've got Proverbs 13.20. So write that down if you're taking notes. This is what it says. Walk with the wise and become wise. That's accountability. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Accountability. Simple as that. Proverbs 27.17 is a famous one. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Accountability. 1 Corinthians 15.33. This is one of my favorites. Bad company corrupts good character. You associate with bad people, their accountability is going to make you bad. It's as simple as that. It'll corrupt your good character. Now, the Bible, and then so then credibility is your character. Credibility is who you are. So people often don't think of your physical stature. When, they, when you've died, they will remember who you did, what you did, and why you did it. That's your character. And so other th- words that we can use for credibility is trustworthy. Are you, do you, do you, can people trust in you? What, reliability. Are you reliable? Um, dependability, integrity, that's what your, your, your credibility is. And also the Bible is also very clear on your credibility. And so some Bible verses for that, uh, Revelations 3, um, 15 to 16. Shawnee, this is yours, mate. Jesus says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And so Sean preached this at youth, and God's just been speaking to me heaps through this. 
when you, next time you hear me preach, you'll probably hear me preaching through this because uh, God's been doing something in my life, thanks to Sean through speaking that. But it, and then the next one, so everyone say New King James Version. New King James Version. So there's the same thing in two books. So Matthew 5.37 and James 5.2. And it says this, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Everyone say that. Yes, yes, no, no. And so that's what credibility is. It's when your yes is yes and your no is no. And where you're not hot or cold, like you're hot or cold, it's an extreme, not just lukewarm yuckiness. And so I think too often Christians don't have credibility. Um, we're just lukewarm. We're, and so we have this, hmm, hmm, that's our mentality. Hmm, I don't know. Um, we have, oh, maybe, it depends. Uh, uh, we have these mixed messages and we're not, we're not this is it or that is not. We, we, we're too, too fluid. And so, um, and so our no means, uh, sometimes like no means sometimes. That's what it means. Sometimes our no, rather than mean no means like sometimes. Um, yes means once in a blue moon, that we can get our language all confused like that. But Jesus wants us to have a yes and a no, and but it has to be yes or no, hot or cold. We have to have the extreme. And so I want to say this. When it comes to your credibility, extremes are good. Often extremes can be bad, but when it comes to your credibility and your character, extremes are healthy and natural and needs to be there. And so Mark 6.20 said this. This is just giving us a bit more details about King Herod and John. For Herod respected John, knowing that he was a good and holy man. He protected him. He liked to listen to him. So basically, in my language, Herod thought John was a top bloke. That's basically what he thinks. Herod thinks John was a top bloke, and that's why he protected him and did, was, didn't like the fact. Yes, the people were going to riot, as we read before, but he, liked, he didn't actually want John to be dead. And so, um, but King Herod's credibility decided his, was decided by his accountability. As we read before, Matthew 14, 9, then the king regretted what he had said because of the vow he had made in front of his guests. He issued the necessary orders. Yep, he paid extra for the privilege of losing his freedom. And so because he wanted to please and keep his credibility to his guest, they would keep him accountable and he issued the orders. Now, people hear that? I'm just, get, talk back to me because I need it because I'm like, I don't know if I'm, people have left or something. Proverbs 12:13 says this, the wicked are trapped by their words, but the godly escape such trouble. And so basically that's what happened there. Herod you opened his mouth and because of the situation he was in, got him into a lot more trouble than he actually desired to be. And so who loves Pastor Rob? We've got a quote from Pastor Rob coming up. This is, this is one of my favorite quotes ever in Pastor Rob's legend. It says this, if, you, if you're so comfortable and confident among your friends that you're not careful with your words, you need new friends. I'm going to read it again. If you're so comfortable and confident among your friends that you're not careful with your words, you need new friends. And so it's good that Herod had people that, uh, that, that their can accountability shaped his credibility, but it's not good when your accountability gives us the wrong credibility, when it gives us the wrong desires, when it causes us to do what is not good. And so who wants to hear a story? I'm going to be vulnerable and transparent, so bear with me. So uh, basically... It was the first, picture this, it was the first day, brand new school. So it's my very first day, brand new school, and so everything's foreign, everything's unknown. And so now, another thing about me, I'm a goody-goody at school. Was it a teacher's pet? Clear difference. A goody-goody doesn't like getting in trouble, but a teacher's pet is like suck up, trying to like, brown. we won't go into other words that oh, I could use for that. But so I was a goody-goody, not a teacher's pet. And so, but this school, um, I went 
Um, and so basically during lunchtime, I had to go relieve myself. Who knows what I'm talking about? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do it. And so I went to the toilet and just a side note from this school, this school was strong on anti-bullying. Did anyone say that? Anti-bullying. And so things like, say, everyone had to have all school stuff. So school bag, you couldn't have your own, some schools you go to, you can have your own school bag. This school you had to have your own school, but like the same school, school bag. So there's, everyone's on the same playing field, so there can't be bullying about, oh, I've got a cooler bag than you, or my bag's bigger, or my bag's smaller. It was a play, even playing field. So just everything was like that was to be anti-bullying. And so, um, and then another thing for this as well, at their school, the washing facilities was out in the open. So some toilets you go to, like, that's all, all indoors. And, um, but then this school had the washing facilities outside the cubicle so that um, you couldn't bully and wet people and stuff, that the teachers know these things. So I'm like, well, fair enough. And then so um, with that all in my head, brand new school, I didn't know much about it. I went to the toilet and I go into the toilet. I'm like, man, this school is anti-bullying. There's no urinal. Now, quickly, for the girls in the room, the urinal is the, the, what do you call it, water fountain of soap in the bottom. And so I thought, man, this school is anti-bullying. These poor Lincoln people must be ferals if they squirt each other. But, and so, I'm okay, went in the cubicle, did what I needed to do, walked out, and this little girl comes up to me and says, what are you doing here? And I'm thinking, what are you doing in here? And so then I'm like, that's awkward. I walk out. And directly in front of me says, boys' toilet, or like the male toilet sign. And I'm like, then that's where time stopped. Time stopped for me. My mind is, got, is moving in a mi- like, you know when your time freezes and your mind goes, Whoo! I'm thinking, like, that look is going to double me. I'm going to get in trouble. Um, what, and I'm thinking, I haven't even had enough time to give myself a good reputation, a good name. They're going to think I'm some kind of, like, pedophile or something, and, or I'm going to get expelled for sure. And my mind's just gone, like, crazy about what the heck is going to happen here but and then so I'm just thinking then then I did the no one looked walked off as quick as I could and I was just praying God help that little kid not double me God help that little kid not double me because I was thinking man what a way to start the new my parents are going to have to come in I, 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 I made I made this big meal of it in my head but basically it was all it was all not worth it um and so we see there though um the male toilets was always there, right? The male toilets was always there, but I didn't see the sign. And so the difference between saying Jesus was here, because I believe Jesus is here right now, between then Jesus was here is, because um, I believe we can say, yep, yeah, Jesus is here. That's cool. But there's no evidence of that. When, when, when we say Jesus was here, that means there's, some, there's proof that something happened to say that Jesus was here. Because with those toilets, I went to, I met, went to the wrong toilet because I couldn't see the sign. And so I want to, the male toilet was always there. Jesus can always be here. But I want to be a church where we see Jesus was here, where the toilets, where you do use the right toilets, because you see the evidence of that. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. And so um, uh, we're going to go to Luke uh, chapter 19 in your Bibles. This is where your Bible is really important. Go to Luke chapter 19. And so um, verses 1 to 10. And so, uh, yeah, is that will be cool. Everyone there, Luke chapter 19. So Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the t- this town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he became very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Hashtag vertically challenged. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. 
When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, wait, 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 wait. Does anyone here have glasses? No, anyone? I need, yeah, come by your glasses, Carlos. I think I missed that. Come up here, Carlos. Tell me if you noticed this. I, I think, no, come up here, Carlos. Zacchaeus called him by name. Yeah, no, it's definitely here. Did, did anyone notice that? It says, he, it says Zacchaeus um, looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, it's red. Can people see that? My, my Bible's gone from black and white. Yeah, you could. Did you see this? Is that, that, is that true there? It's gone from black and white to red. Well, very, that's interesting. I think that's a bit crazy there. Uh, did you notice that? It went red. He said, red again, quickly come down. I must be the guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Uh, but the people were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor, uh, Lord, and if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, oh, here we go again, read, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Now, I, I don't know if you noticed that, but when I watch TV, when I watch TV and movies, I don't see any new movies being made in black and white. Do any of you notice that? I see every new movie and TV show that's new being made in colour. Why? Because colour revolutionised TV. Right, that, we would agree with that. Once you get revolutionised, you never go back. And so when Jesus speaks, he brings colour into that situation. So Zacchaeus' story was black and white until Jesus spoke and there was colour brought into that situation. And so... Um, uh, and then back to that quickly as well. Language was first used to create. Go to Genesis 1 and it says like, let there be and there was. And so Jesus speaks and things are never the same again, right? And so his words don't, make our, don't just make our world, they change our world, right? His, Jesus' words don't just make our world, they change our world. And so if Jesus can change a black and white story of a vertically challenged man, and so then when Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus' accountability became Jesus, his credibility changed, and Jesus was here. And so who, who saw that? Jesus was here in Zacchaeus' situation. He was there. You could see the change because he went from, I'm robbing to I'm giving back, right? And so, um, and so then uh, the same thing could happen with us. I don't care how black and white your story is. I don't care how, how, how boring it was. I believe Jesus wants to speak to you, can speak to you, that you can have a revolutionary moment in your life where you go, Jesus was here. I believe tonight could be a Jesus was here moment for your life. And so um, that's where King Herod went wrong, ultimately. And so the, we've got to get to a point in our life where we go, do we please God or do we please people? Do we please God or do we please society? And so our, at the end of the day, our accountability has to be Jesus, not the people around us. Now, I don't want to, I'll quickly divert. I don't want us to get, wrong, get it wrong that I believe when you're in a healthy church, when you're in connect groups and you're with people that are building you up, that keep you accountable, that is good and healthy. But then sometimes we can be in, in environments where people that are, we're trying to please, we're actually doing the wrong thing like Herod did. And we've got to go, you know, at the end of the day, I've got to please God to be accountable to Jesus and get that credibility going rather than being, oh, this is what people say is right. And then, so for example, Rick Warren, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's written a famous book called The Purpose Driven Life. And so I was watching him being attacked really polite. He was in a, an interview and basically he was getting attacked and people trying to make him look like a fool. And so he said this quote. He says, I fear the disapproval of God 
far more than disapproval of society. And I believe that's something that we've got to get a hold of in our lives. We go, you know what? I, I fear the disapproval of God far more than I, uh, I fear the disapproval of society. And so, and then 1 Thessalonians 2.4 says this, our purpose is to please God, not people. And so we've got to have that kind of attitude where we go, you know what? Yes, I believe we can be around Christians. We can be around people that go, you know what? I'm going to keep you accountable, Carlos. You said you're going to serve God. Hey, you're going to start serving God. I believe we can have that accountability. But at the end of the day, when we're around, say, things in society where they are challenging us, we go, you know what? No, at the end of the day, I'm going to please God and not what your opinion is. Hey, who agrees? And so, and so with that, I refuse to be a part of a dead church. I refuse to be a church that has no life, no, no power. And so I want to be in a Pentecostal, got a full gospel, spirit-filled community of people, the church. That's what the church is, a, a, a place where God is moving, where people say, Jesus has been here. And not just, not just um, people in church, but the people in society see Jesus was there. That, that they, they notice the evidence. They notice the signs of that. Not just because we know Jesus is here, but I want to make other people go, you know what? Jesus was there. Jesus was there because they see the evidence of that. And so, um, and so with that right now, um, there's people in the room, you may not be sure on your eternal future. Hell, I believe there's a hell or a heaven. And then when we die, we have eternity, and we either go to heaven or we go to hell. And I like to say at youth a bit, Carlos often mentioned it, is that I believe heaven is the biggest party going on. And so that's why I dance at church, because I'm getting ready then. If I, if I get embarrassed to dance now, well, I'm going to be in a world of embarrassment in heaven. So I'm joining the party now. I'm going to get a bit of a, a boogie going, and I don't care if I look embarrassed, because I'd rather please God and have disapproval in front of people than be disapproved in front of Him. But then that's so then, basically, I believe there's a heaven and a hell, and people might hear, you might go, oh, I'm unsure on, on where my eternity sits. I'm unsure whether I will be with Jesus or not. And so basically, I, I think tonight you can, you can have that Jesus was here moment where you can go, I'm going to decide to put him first. And Romans 10, 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so if just around this building now, if we can all just in privacy just bow our heads. If you're here and you're, you're Josh, I want to have that secure eternity with Jesus. I want to go to heaven and I want to ha- just have a life on earth where I don't want to, and this is the other thing, I'll quickly say this. I don't think we've got to ha- just have salvation for the sake of, oh, I want to be in heaven. But I want to have the, a salvation. Because, you know what? I want my life to change on earth like Zacchaeus where I go from, I have that where wow, Jesus was here moment. So if that's you, I just want to encourage you to lift your hand and I'll see it and you can put it down. And I'll give you a countdown of three. Three, two, one. If that was you, just lift up your hand. Cool, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see that. That's awesome. What we're going to do as a church, we can all lift our, our, our heads up again. But we're going to pray together. Is that cool? And if you just, we're just going to simply say a few words after me, and that will be cool. So we're going to say this. Jesus, I believe you died to free me from my sin. I want my true accountability to be you. And not society. We thank you for your love and your free gift of eternity. Amen. That's as simple as that. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, come talk to me, Pastor Rob, Pastor Kylie, or anyone on the team, and we'll help you with that decision further. But I believe that that's the best decision you can ever make in your life, and that you're going to have Jesus was here moment. This was a Jesus was here moment. And so for the rest of us, I want to believe that just as we saw earlier, that I believe as we saw in the Bible, that your accountability determines your credibility. You, we have people here that they would honestly say, you know what, Josh, 
I am hanging out with the wrong people. I, I'm trying to please the wrong people. I'm trying to uh, make other people happy. And I'm doing decisions that are actually wrecking Jesus' credibility in my life. And I just want to, I'm just going to pray genetically over all of us that we have wisdom, that we have insight, that we're going to associate with wise and become wise, and that we're going to stop associating with fools who don't want to be fools. And I honestly believe that you're going to have to start. This is a quote that God told me about last year about prayer, but I'd rather ask and get a no or not now than not ask and get a yes. And there's going to be people that you're going to encourage you, ask the uh, person that you want to be like, and just and I'd, I'd rather ask and get a no than not ask and miss a yes. And I do that with other preachers and stuff in my life because, you know what, I want to be the best I can be. And I'd rather ask to hang out and then and then get a no than not ask and miss to hang out. And so there's going to be people in your life I'd encourage you to ask them and seek them because you, you, you'll be better for it. So I'm just going to pray for all of us. Is that cool? God, we right now, we just pray for that, that the wisdom on that our accountability determines our credibility, God. And we want to have the credibility of heaven. We want our yes to be yes and our no to be no. We want to be hot or cold, not confused, not mixed messaged. We want to have the clarity of heaven in our lives. And so, God, we just pray for the people that we're accountable to. We pray that there'll be people in our lives that can be strong enough to tell us what we don't want to hear when we need to hear it. We pray that you have people in our lives that can help us stay true to what we said, that we can be uh, just the best Jesus people on earth, that we can be a blessing everywhere we go. And so, God, we right now pray that you just help us have the conviction to know where to draw the line in people, where to say, you know what, these people are, are doing me no good. These people are actually causing me more harm than blessing. And help us have the right balance, God. And we just thank you, Jesus, that we can leave this place better. We can leave this place more free. And everyone said, amen. And so with that, we're going to shake things up a little bit. But who loved that song we sang at the start, I'm Free? Everyone stand up. We can all stand up. And so I want to, we often will have an old school and we say, calm down. We're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. Cool, we can do that. But I believe that we can have a statement. We go, you know what? We're going we're gonna to come up the front and praise Jesus a bit. Because I love the lyrics in that song. Light, oh, I'm feeling so light, like a weight has been lifted by you. And so I believe that we can have a freedom unlocked in our lives. We can say, Jesus was here. So if you want, if you want to step out and go, you know what, God, I want new credibility. I want new accountability. I encourage you to come down the front and break that thing of going, well, I'm going to please God tonight. I'm not going to worry about what people think about my, my dancing. I'm going to dance to God. And so if we have to, we're going to push these chairs back. But let's come down. If, that, if you're going, well, I want to praise God for a change. And we're going to leave this place in freedom with a dance. Is that cool? So if that's you, come down. I'm going to be down here. And we're going to finish on that.